Chapter Ten of Tip Lewis and His Lamp by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Ten. Enter not into the path of the wicked. Kitty hung on the gate and watched them pass by the long train of high wagons with grated windows out of which strange animals peered with their great fierce eyes the two elephants in their scarlet and gold blankets the tiny ponies tossing their shaggy manes the splendid carriage drawn by eight gaily blanketed gaily plumed dancing horses and every seat filled with splendidly dressed men and women the bright red band-wagon with the sun glittering over the wonderful brass instruments and turning them into gold kitty watched all this watched and listened to the loud full bursts of music until her heart swelled and bounded she sprang from the gate and stamped her foot on the ground i wish oh i wish i could go she almost screamed at last i want to i want to oh i never wanted to go anywhere so bad in my life i reckon you'll take it out in wanting said her mother who had also leaned on the fence and watched the show pass by folks who have to dig as i do from morning to night just to get something to eat don't have any money to spend on circuses kitty shook her head with rage i don't go anywhere she screamed never i never went to a circus in my life and all the boys and girls around here go every year tip always goes always he manages to slip in oh tip and she opened the gate and went out to him on the sidewalk a new thought having come to her can't you do something to get some money and let me go to the circus with you can't you manage some way oh tip do i'll do anything for you if you only will i never wanted anything so bad before and tip's face as he walked towards the village ten minutes after that was a study it looked so full of trouble kitty wanted to go to that circus wanted to go so very much that she had coaxed and begged him in a way that she had never done before besides if the truth be told tip wanted to go himself every time the wind wafted back to him a swell of the distant music it made his heart fairly jump it was true as kitty had said he always managed to slip in some way and the oftener he went the oftener he wanted to go well then what was the matter with tip what he had done so many times before he could surely find a way to do again oh yes but tip lewis to-day was different from any tip lewis there had ever been before on circus day wasn't he trying to do right but then what had circuses to do with that he tried to think what were his reasons for being troubled why did a small voice down in his heart keep telling him that the circus was no place for him now looking at the matter steadily the only reason tip knew was that ellis holbrook and howard minturn never went their fathers had taught them differently ellis he knew rather looked down on people who did go called them low this had never troubled tip before because he had always known himself to be low but now wasn't he trying to climb didn't respectable people generally think that circuses were bad things no poor tip they didn't there was mr bailey a rich man so rich and so respectable that his son wouldn't stoop to lend tip his spelling-book at school yet mr bailey went to the circus last year and took all his children 
so did mr anderson and mr stone and oh dozens of others rich great men well did good people go and tip's thoughts strayed back to mr holbrook and mr parker and mr minturn yea and others whose voices he had heard on the streets and in stores condemning the circus but then after all where was the harm there was kitty how much she wanted to go if he could manage to take her how glad she would be at this point satan thought that there was a chance for him to speak so he walked along with tip talking like this kitty has never asked you to do anything for her before you want to help her you want to get her to go to sunday school and to read the bible now's your time if you take her to the circus very likely she will do what you want her to this was a little too absurd even for tip who wanted to believe it all so badly but who ever heard of taking any one to a circus in order to get them to love jesus tip knew altogether too well for his comfort that day that mr holbrook's example was a safe one at last he drew a little sigh of relief he needn't think about it any more for he had no money he had never owned fifty cents at one time in his life so the question after all would settle itself no it wouldn't mr dewey stood in the door of his market looking up and down the street hello tip he called as tip turned the corner you're the boy i must have been looking for i guess if you'll carry home packages for me for an hour and not steal one of them i'll give you two tickets for the circus tip's cheeks glowed at the word steal and he came near telling mr dewey to carry his own packages if he were afraid to trust him but then those two tickets here was a chance for kitty the conflict commenced again a whole hour in which to decide it for tip meant to do the work anyway up and down the streets stopping at this house and that with his parcels back again to the market for more all the time in a whirl of thought the question was almost decided when the two green tickets were placed in his hand it closed over them eagerly he hurried towards home towards home led him past the brick hotel in the bar-room sat some of the circus men he knew them by their heavy beards which almost covered their faces knew them also because he knew every man in town just who were strangers and who were not well these circus men were very busy drinking brandy and playing cards tip stopped and looked in at them and ignorant boy as he was the thought that good respectable people would go to see and hear such men as these seemed very strange it couldn't be right could it how was it a great many nice people must have blundered terribly if it were wrong and on the other hand if it were not wrong how did the minister happen to be so afraid of these things why did he himself have so many queer feelings about the matter what a trouble he was in if only he could find somebody or something that would decide it for him long before this he had walked away from the hotel now he had crossed the bridge gone down behind the mill and was very near his seat under the elm down he sat when he came to it still holding fast the two green tickets but with the other hand diving down in his pocket for the little bible it was getting to be a habit with him to hunt for this lamp of his whenever he was in darkness he turned the leaves now with a perplexed face if he only knew where to turn for help let me see he said 
Where was that verse that I learned for the Sunday school concert? I liked the sound of that. It was somewhere in this book full of short, queer verses. I can find it. Yes, I see it. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. It didn't seem to help him. He shook his head slowly, still glancing on over the verses, until suddenly his listless look vanished, and he read aloud, Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. That means them, said Tip, and me. They're wicked men, that's certain. They were drinking and gambling, swearing too, I guess. And this verse reads about them just as plain as day. It says, don't go near them, says it over and over again, and I'll mind it, I will. I'll take these tickets right back to Mr. Dewey, so that they won't be here to put me in mind of going. No sooner said than done. He turned around and fairly galloped up the hill, around the corner, and landed nearly breathless at the market. Here, Mr. Dewey, he said promptly. I've brought back your tickets. I don't want them this time. What's up now? asked Mr. Dewey, coming out from behind his desk, and eyeing the panting boy curiously. Won't the tickets pass? Not if they wait till I pass em, answered Tip in his prompt, saucy way. I ain't going to the circus, not an inch, he added, as if to ensure himself that he meant it. But why not? Oh, I've got reasons. Well, now, Tip, said Mr. Dewey, that's really astonishing. Suppose you give us a few of your reasons. We don't know what to make of this. Tip didn't know what to say. He hesitated and thought, and finally did the best thing he could, spoke out boldly. I've made up my mind that I won't go to any more circuses ever. I don't believe in em as much as I did. That wasn't it yet. He had not owned his master in the answer. Neither was Mr. Dewey satisfied. But, Tip, give us the reasons. This is such a sudden change, you know. Well, said Tip, I've been reading about them just now. About whom? Why, them circus fellows. They're up here at the tavern. They're drinking and fighting, and I don't know what. And I guess, by the looks of things, they're pretty wicked. The book I was reading said, Don't go near wicked men, turn around and go the other way, and I mean to. And with this, Tip whisked out of the house and around the corner. Mr. Dewey shrugged his shoulders. The world turns around, sure enough, he said at last. How do you know that? and Mr. Minturn set his market-basket on the step, and fanned himself with his hat. "'I'm my own boy to-day, you see. Give me something for my dinner. How did you find out that the world turned around?' "'Why, Tip Lewis has taken to preaching against circuses. Will you have a roast to-day, Mr. Minturn? I gave him a ticket, and he just rushed in with it, and informed us he isn't going to circuses any more, because the Bible says they are wicked fellows. What do you think of that?' Humph, said Mr. Minturn. The Bible says it would be better for a man sometimes if a millstone were about his neck and he were in the bottom of the sea. I'd look out for that if I were you. Hurry up with your meat. I ought to be at the store. Tip went home to Kitty. She still swung on the gate. At least she was there when he came up. Oh, Tip, she said, are you going to take me? Oh, Tip, do! I never asked you for anything before. 
Tip walked slowly up the yard with his hands in his pockets, troubled, not knowing what to say or how to say it. At last he stopped and wheeled about. Kitty, I can't, I can't go. I would get tickets if I dared, but I don't mean to go any more. They're bad, wicked men, and I'm trying to be— but Kitty twitched herself away from him and wouldn't hear any more. "'Don't go off,' she said. "'You're a mean, ugly, hateful boy. I'm sorry you got so awful good if you can't do that little much for me. Go away and let me alone.' Even in his sore trouble a little flash of joy shot through Tip's heart. He was different then. Kitty had noticed it. She knew he was trying to be different." There must be a little bit of change in him. End of chapter 10